0: It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, I am Randy Andrews and today I've got an interview with Leslie Barber who recently composed some music for the Academy Award winning Manchester by the Sea. We'll talk a lot about her career her choices and thoughts from her, and I'll also present some excellent suites of music from a few of Leslie Barber's projects, all today on Soundtrack Alley. And today I'm going to present an interview with Leslie Barber to share with you. I hope you all enjoy it. Hello, I'm Randy Andrews, and I'm here with Leslie Barber, uh, who composed music for the recently Academy Award winning uh, Manchester by the Sea. Leslie, it's a pleasure to have you on my show.
1: Nice to meet you, Randy. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's just been a long uh, emailing back and forth trying to Set this up uh, in a good way that would give you the opportunity to have um, the time to be able to do it, and because I know composers have a busy schedule.
1: (laughs) Well, when we're on a film, it's a bit of a it's it's there's real time pressure. You know, it's uh, if it was an Olympic sport, it would be closest to the luge, like headfirst down an icy. Terrain, yeah, but it's, it's, it's super fun, and uh, the deadlines, the deadlines are great, it's a positive experience, but yeah, when you're in it, you're in it.
0: Yeah, so uh, the first question I have for you is, how did you begin composing music?
1: Oh, interesting question. Um, I, when I was a kid, um, I was always um, asking for musical instruments, and I started improvising at a really young age. Um, some of my family members were really like extended family, like my grandfather, and who was a great violinist and singer, and all my my father's side of the family um, were really great amateur musicians and really loved music. And um, my mother's side as well, for that matter, a very musical family, really, and my mom collected records. Uh, and uh I was really surrounded by a lot of music um and then uh, as I got older um I I uh, someone gave me a beautiful piano and uh, my grandfather did actually and um grandmother and I just started writing like all the time it was super fun and then had more formal lessons and um Went from there. I um, did a master's degree in my early 20s. And then uh, s- while I was doing that, I was supporting myself as a composer and uh, have really uh, enjoyed enjoyed all the steps along the way.
0: That's fantastic. Uh,
1: I was just remembering something very funny when oh, I was a kid. Oh, go ahead. That was, I'm just, you could, I used to have this kind of trading thing where I would talk kids into trading their musical instruments to me in exchange for really stupid things and uh got my you know got got a guitar that way and and uh trumpet and all kinds of things so oh wow um, i was really into it as a kid
0: so so you play i mean not only do you compose but you also play a lot of instruments
1: well, yeah. Um, I, well, I play quite a few, but the piano is my main instrument.
0: Well, that's good. That's good. At least you have a go-to that that you'll you'll uh, really think about how your music is coming across, and uh, that's that way you can write it out uh, in a way of you know having the right tone to it, and that's that's fantastic. A while ago, you had went to um, Germany. For this thing called Soundtrack Cologne. Now, what exactly was that? All right. I saw your question, and between jet lag
1: and being behind on my scores, I had not, I was, a, that was on my list to get back, and then I knew we would be talking. So, um, yeah, I just got back on like Monday. Um, it's a bit of a blur. So, that was super fun. Soundtrack Cologne celebrates soundtracks and composers Mm -hmm. and um, other personnel involved with um, the creation and production of soundtracks, like sound supervisors, licensing um, composers, um, and then, of course, fans and -and up-and-coming composers and composers interested in in, um, soundtracks. And it's a series of panels and interviews and... um, uh, uh, social um, uh, gatherings uh, where we can connect with uh, um, with uh, you know uh, each other and with uh, a new audience and and talk about all things soundtracks. It was super fun and it's in Cologne, Germany. That's and, cool. And uh, yeah, it was
0: really great. So was there? Did like... I say it was great? It yeah. Was really <laughs> well, it looked it looked like it was a whole ton of fun and you got to see uh people that uh really related to say you know the scores that you do and just probably there were other composers probably there correct
1: definitely and that was like one of the most fun parts of it you know um one of the things about composing is it's very collaborative um but a lot of it is done by yourself and you're aware of each other uh of each other, of other composers, and admire their work. And it's a whole other thing to be able to, um, you know, sit down and have a meal and and talk about um, our work and our lively, our our lives and livelihoods and 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 the kind of the kind of um, projects we want to work on and how we work on them. So it was it was great. Yeah,
0: that's really cool. So what influence did you have in regard to say the music that you do?
1: Um well growing up there was a lot of pop music around me and film music interested me right from the beginning. Uh then when I was a little older, um I became more interested in classical music and when I was doing my, you know, master's degree and stuff, we really had to be that was an immersive experience of really um learning how to use instruments and and um um familiarizing myself with all kinds of music, classical music. And I was always very interested in technology and uh, right from the beginning had, you know, the first compositional software. And even before that tape editing, um, using old synths and mugs and all kinds of really fair lights, all kinds of interesting synth synthesizers and programming um, synthesizers an algorithmic composition mm-hmm. and really love the music like I loved uh, Giorgio Morador um, you know the Isaac Hayes scores a, a whole bunch of scores that and um, you know that, that came out of the uh, late se- uh, out of the 80s uh, late 70s and um, the way you could create a hybrid score that can that involve you know um, classical elements and and orchestral elements and live elements as well as um, programmed elements. So that that was always really a real thrill for me, and, and still
0: is. That's that's cool. Where did you study music? Uh,
1: well, I studied um, in Toronto um, and uh, at another. Uh, I did an undergrad, another undergrad in, in Canada, and then I studied. I, you know, would travel to different festivals and things like that as a young composer and study privately with different composers as well. Um, that was really early on. And yeah. then I feel like a lot of my education has been through collaboration with really great playwrights, um, writers, film directors, um, um, theater, yeah, and uh, the, the, and with other musicians too. That's when... Um, uh, that, that's a whole other chapter to um, really getting a grasp of what I'm trying to do and, and um, have colleagues to do it with. So it's been a super big part of my education, I think.
0: That's, that's really good, too, because that can uh, probably help you improve your way of, of doing your music and seeing how others do it uh, can help you to develop even your own style.
1: I guess so. You know, I, I, I um, uh, yeah, I, I think so. And just the, it's the back and forth. It's the dialogue about the music. And um, as somebody who loves films, I, you know, I think that really having a deep knowledge of filmmaking and films is almost as important as as important to a film composer as as um, as writing music because you just really need all that literacy of, and experience of seeing what works and what doesn't work. And yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's the whole world of, of writing for film.
0: Oh yeah. So here's a question I like to ask. I may ask it in this way. Who is your favorite composer say this week and why?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's hard. That's really difficult. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, because, I don't think I can answer that. I okay. would say that, I, I will say um, recently, I mean, it is the sort of recent thing, isn't it? So I just finished a horror film, mm-hmm. and I never really looked at the work of Bernard Herrmann really up close and personal in a way, you know, where I was just really seeing how he does it. And how why is it so effective? Why is it almost a language onto its own why why has it actually made its way into cinematic um, compositional language? and uh, it was really exciting to to see like the brilliance in those
0: scores um, so what so that,
1: what's that was an, great
0: What's an it there's a of lot that?
1: of there's a lot of music I'm listening oh. to all the time you oh, know? I like
0: I totally get know. it like yeah, my music library for for soundtracks is huge, and I have to kind of pick and choose to see, okay, what do I want to listen to today? And mm-hmm. I have to decide, you know, what I want to listen to. <laughs> and, I, you know, you, you get so much music that it's hard to really think, okay, who's my favorite composer then? That's hard to do. So yeah. I, I totally get it, and... Um, but like in the classical
1: with- world, I, you know, I when I practice, when I'm playing the piano and stuff, I play a lot of Schubert and Bach just to kind of, every once in a while revisit, and um, then I listen to a lot of hip hop and R and B and that kind of thing as well, and mm-hmm. you know, composers like Johnny Greenwood, Alexander Desplat, Carter Burwell, John Bryan. Johan Johansson, I, I listen to their works too, amongst others, and um, a lot of Radiohead, and I, I don't know, I have a lot of different influences, I would say, and um, it's, it's, um, I go really deeply into something, and then I, I move on to something else.
0: That's really cool, though. Can you explain your process of composing for a film?
1: Oh, that's interesting. It's, it's really different every time to some extent, uh, and it's, you know, you get into the world of a particular film, and then the more you get into it, the um, the creative process sort of reveals itself, you know, it's, it's partly intuition, partly by design, so um, I usually start in with the script, quite often I come into a project on, at, at the script level, and then uh, for a lot of composers too, you know, you end up uh, entering the project once the film has a thought. I and mean, you kind of see what's working and, and what's not working uh, in terms of the temp score sometimes. Um, but also, if it's um, at the level of the script, you just um, quite often, um, I'll just start putting ideas together and demo them up and send them to the di- director and just start the collaborative dialogue and see what's working and what's not working. Um, and uh, then... You know, once the picture starts to settle in and we near picture lock, then more decisions are made about the scope of the project and if it's going to be orchestral, if it's going to be more programmed, um, that kind of thing.
0: Oh, okay. That's that's a... I, I haven't looked... I haven't heard it explained that way before, and I, I like to be able to hear, like, what different composers have uh, really used to uh, start the way they um, do their process. So. Yeah, like
1: if I look at Manchester by the Sea, I was given the script and then put together a suite of pieces. I played a, a, a number of piano uh, improvisations and sent them to Kenny, and I also had this idea for doing a cappella vocals and uh, put together the my ideas for that and actually... It's funny, but you know the ideas from that very first week actually ended up in the film, and Kenny then had them uh, the the music with in the in the editing suite that he could he could put against picture and even edit to picture. So that's a really ideal way of working, and um, and I, I thought was really successful um, with my collaboration with Kenny. Oh, cool. and That film, yeah,
0: yeah, that's really good. How do you think outside the box when composing, say, a new score?
1: Well, I think that's sort of a... I mean, you're writing something that's original um, to a film, so you're always looking for what's not there, Mm -hmm. and I think that inevitably leads you to different corners of writing that, that, that maybe aren't explored or aren't obvious or, you know that are unique to that story because you're sort of a dramatist in a way when you're, when you're writing music for film. Um, another way is, um, really looking at that original palette. Like I'm working on a film right now and I want to use piano in it, but I want the sound of the piano to be extremely unique to this film. So, you know, you spend an evening just trying different ways of treating the piano, Putting shoes in your piano—I don't know, (laughs) just all kinds of things. I'm serious. I was actually putting my shoes in the piano, but um, nice dampening it in different ways, Mm -hmm. um, working, treating it, maybe preparing different sound, like different elements, so that you're creating a really unique sound. Same with the, you know, any of the instruments that are live. And then in terms of using um, other palette. putting together that first kind of palette of the kind of sounds you are going to use really inspires a certain direction in in the writing. So that's really important to the process. When I worked on a a horror film called The Moss Diaries, um, I wanted to use orchestra and I ended up recording in, I think it I'm trying to remember where I did that, Budapest. And Before I went there, I went traveled to record the large orchestra. I had a small group of players in my house, like in my home studio, and we just recorded a lot of the tonalities that I was using with different bow techniques and Mm -hmm. glassier sounds and all all kinds of different harmonics and things like that, so that I could pre-program a really unique palette into into the tracking of the orchestra. it was great. It was, you know, I could I could take the sound of the orchestra, and as the story progressed, I could make I could create a glassier sound, a harsher sound, a, a warmer sound, a more intimate sound, and all that is kind of um, directed by the story, and that's a super fun part about it. All
0: right, like I like the way you put that uh, to to see how the how you can make the score sound differently with depending on, say, what type of film it is. That's a neat way to look at it. Um, yeah, and even
1: in Manchester by the Sea, you know, if it's an exterior scene, um, I had the singer, we recorded in a large uh, auditorium in Montreal, and sh- and it's one voice singing all the parts in, in a very large space. But then for the interior scenes in the car with Lee, I wanted to, a really intimate in your head kind of sound. And so that was recorded in a very small space. So, you know, it's, 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 um, it's all about story and, and, and um, it's a real thrill to, to get it right when you get it right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's good though. Um, let's see. What is your favorite genre film uh, that you like to work with?
1: That's a little bit all over the place, too. I'm always looking for something I haven't done before. Oh,
0: okay. uh, so,
1: um, you know, last year I did Manchester, but then I did a really beautiful documentary called The Apology. Mm-hmm. I'd never, I hadn't done anything quite like it before. Uh, absolutely stunning film. Um, and then um, I did a horror film, and I uh, had just done one that was more of a psychological Thriller sort of, um, before, called The Moth Diaries, as I just mentioned, mm-hmm. and this one was called Boring School, with a long-term um, collaborator, long-time collaborator of mine, Boaz Yakin. who's a great filmmaker, and uh, for that, we did a, I did a, I wrote a 90-minute score, so almost the entire film is scored, and a lot of the cues were, you know, 20 minutes long, and it oh, was, wow. it was, it was extremely rewarding and fun, and so, you know, I would, and then, Sometimes I've done family, more family films, um, Mm -hmm. and drama right now I'm doing a dramedy. That's extremely a lot of fun. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm always looking for a new challenge. I I think it's like for lack of a better term, like a new challenge Mm -hmm. and something that I haven't done. And I'm also always just really thrilled at the collaborations and, um, long-term collaborations and and then meeting new filmmakers who I really want to work with.
0: That's I, I like your answer with that. I ask a lot of composers this question, and sometimes it takes some thought, but if you had a dream job of composing, say, for a big production of either the past or the present, what would it be and why? Mm, that's, that's tricky. I,
1: I think it would be something in the kind of sci-fi fantasy action somewhere in there um that would be because i think you know it's an imaginary world you can come up with all kinds of sounds that take you to other planets and other places um and would it, would would offer the opportunity to have like wonderful emotional cues as well as um and connecting cues as well as cues of atmosphere and landscape that we've never been to before, and um, also have the element of action and suspense all the way through. So those are those are the kinds of musics I really like to work on, and I think that would be a great combination.
0: Oh, cool! Thanks, I appreciate that because <laughs> I like to hear uh, like
1: what... if if Hans Zimmer and Johan Johansson have trouble with Blade Runner, I would suggest that I would be a good person for that. It would be super fun.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah, the new Blade Runner. Yeah, that Mm -hmm. would be really neat. Which do you think is easier to compose for? A large orchestra or a small one?
1: Uh, That's an interesting question. It really depends on the players Mm -hmm. and their instruments. quality of their instruments makes a huge amount of difference. Um... The micing process and the kind of sound you're after. Um, with smaller ensembles of strings you can really hear the individual players quite often and it, it can sometimes serve edgier, fair and um, more intimate, challenging uh, films. Um, but that again depends on, on the um, recording process and with the larger orchestra you can get um a wonderful smoothness in the sound and just this big heart of the orchestra you know can come out and it's it gives this incredible uh emotional epic quality that can be so right for films especially um films where you have really uh like like long helicopter shots of large exteriors so Um, so
0: have a cricket in your uh, house.
1: Yeah, I just had a cricket in my house. Um, (laughs) so, you know, it really, it really depends on the film again, you know, and what you're after, but it can be very challenging to try to blend in a small amount of live instruments into something to try to create the sound of a larger orchestra. It it can be more time consuming. It can be very time consuming. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's nice to get your aesthetic right so that you can kind of serve it from the get-go.
0: Oh, all right. I think you may have mentioned this before, but who is your favorite director to work with and why?
1: Oh, I can't choose. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, can't, I can't make a choice because okay. they're all... Well, you I said you had... had... I haven't really worked with anyone that I didn't thoroughly enjoy. Um, They're right in one. But, well, you had <laughs> but
0: I, you had some I, collaborators that I've you worked had some long-term
1: with long-term collaborators yeah. who, who really enjoy um, Boaz Yakin being one of them. Um, we've done a number of projects and um, just loved it. Nisha Gavantra, who I'm about to work with again, who's super fun and has an amazing imagination and just oh, she's just great. Um, I, Mira Nair was just fantastic to work with uh I would work with her again in a in a heartbeat uh and and you know in each case I've learned so much from from each director um Kenny Lonergan uh Kenneth Lonergan and I've I've worked with uh, a couple of times and um we have um a wonderful uh, shorthand with each other and in, in terms of our working
0: process and
1: yeah I really look forward to working with him again as well
0: cool cool how has it felt to work with so many talented people?
1: I mean, it's super fun, and and um, you know, you spend a lot of time by yourself as a composer. And uh, any time you can, it's the ex- when you're exchanging ideas, and you get a, you get a new you get new suggestions, and you get new energy into it, and it just takes it to another level quite often. So, you know, it's it's just, it's a thrill.
0: Awesome, awesome. All right, so uh, let's see. Um, I noticed in your bio on your website uh, that you're a member of the Alliance for Women uh, Film Composers. Now, how did that come about, and do you feel that there's more diversity in the composing world now?
1: Well, certainly the conversation has started, and um, more and more, increasingly, you see um, more diversity in the choices of composers, especially, I mean, even if if you look at the short list of composers um, uh, nominated for uh, Oscar Academy Awards this year there were new names on the list mm-hmm. and there were people from a variety of backgrounds and um, and the scores were from a represented a lot of different um, corners of composition, experiences, um, diverse backgrounds, diverse places uh, in the world so, um, I think there there's never been a better time for um, diversity, and the conversation is just getting started. And you know, the alliance has done a lot. and um, it was started by some really amazing women in l a, um, uh, Laura Cartman and uh, amongst others. And um, it's doing a lot. You know, it's giving young women composers a place to look at um, you know role models and, and be involved and join and start the conversation and um ha- have a place to go to um to 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 talk about challenges and to um get mentoring advice and a feeling of community so um yeah it's it's an exciting time, and I can't wait to see how the conversation carries on and again, like as you mentioned, it's really about diversity mm-hmm. it, you know it's about women but it's also about diversity and um, we're definitely heading in the right direction on that.
0: That's really awesome. Um, so here's an off the wall question for you. Uh, what kind of food do you enjoy? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny.
1: Um, when I'm composing, I don't really enjoy food that much, actually. <laughs> Bowl of Fruit Loops. Uh, I <laughs> know, but, um, uh, blueberries, um, do you have any favorite I like, dishes that I like, you make? I like, um, I like fusion. I, oh, okay. Kinds of fusion, uh, yeah. like different kinds of foods. Um, I'm all over the map on that. I, all right. I just, I...
0: Well, I, I saw also on your uh, bio that you said that you enjoyed traveling to different cities. So what cities have impressed you, and do you have a favorite?
1: Well, one of my favorite places to be is Los Angeles. Uh, I love my community there, and 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 uh, fellow composers and musicians, and the heart, just the whole heartbeat of that city is just feels really good to me. Um, Toronto's fun, um, and it's it's a beautiful you know um, Canada's beautiful, um, and uh, New York, Paris. I lived in England for a couple of years and Oh cool in Notting Hill, and thought I would like to almost stay there forever. It was so much fun, and, and my colleagues were so great. The recording spaces and the musicians uh, were fantastic to work with, and I got to work in some just absolutely stellar uh, studios there. So, um, yeah, and I like small cities, too. I like Park City, where Sundance Film Festival is, and um, anywhere where I can ski or go surfing, or I don't know. I'm Cool.
0: Yeah. that That's really awesome. So... Uh, do you have any future projects in the works that you can tell me about?
1: Uh, well, right now I'm working on a really fantastic film called Irreplaceable You um, that's uh, that I'm just getting going on. I, I will be recording in a few weeks. And I have the horror film that I just finished um, a few weeks ago. And um, then I have a number of projects coming up in 2018 that... Um, that are both for small screen and large screen. So, um, yeah, really thrilled with the, um, with, the work, with the work I'm involved in right now.
0: That's awesome. All right, so for the last question I have, how do you keep, say, home responsibilities and composing responsibilities separate in your life?
1: <laughs> um. Well. Over the years, I have taken that pretty – like, I have really given that some thought. And the thing is, when I'm writing music, um, I like to just get in it and stay there. So I used to have another building um, that I would go to. And in the end, I decided to just have – I have a a large – house where um the whole main floor is now almost like a recording studio it's like an open concept and my mics are always ready to go and i can do sessions here um string sessions and all kinds of different sessions and then the rest of the house is more home so it's a real you know ultimate work live space and i find that that works ideally That's um and i just find that when i'm working i I work and and that I I don't do anything besides music as much as little as possible between in what between when I wake up and four o'clock or you know five and then yeah. I take a break and I hang out with someone and maybe have dinner and see friends and see something and then I come back and I, I do some more work so nice. um, uh I just don't do anything that isn't about music um, until after four PM and then I try to squeeze it in very quickly, you know. And 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 the more I you know, it's it's just about kind of managing your creative capital and finding out when you work the best and um trying, you know, keeping focused.
0: Yeah, and I I really like that comment because um you know it's it's always important to uh be able to kind of keep your home life and your work life separate in a way I mean it's it's hard to but uh, you manage to do it so uh. I
1: don't really have trouble with it I mean I just <laughs> I just like I have little rules about that you know like you know I don't I don't do any thing domestic while I'm writing and um, it's 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 um, I just kind of let things go and catch up with it later
0: cool mm-hmm. So, well, that, that's all the questions I have for you. It's been a, a real joy to be able to interview you and look forward to hearing uh, some of your future works. And so I'd like to, you know, just thank you uh, very much for uh, being able to be on the show. Thanks, Randall. So, yeah, yeah. Many of Leslie Barber's works are simply astounding. I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to the various pieces of music I'll begin today with a suite from Manchester by the Sea.
2: Oh, oh,
0: I've really appreciated Leslie's gift for the concert hall, and especially with this score in general. It's almost like being inside the concert and sitting in your seat with the various instruments uh, surrounding you and encapsulating you, uh, helping you let it fill your mind with that music. And it's gorgeous and it's wonderful. So I highly recommend that score. The next suite I have is a Better Man highlight suite, and I hope you find this hauntingly beautiful, and I'll play it now. This selection of Leslie's music captures this peaceful thought of music that really helps to see into the mind and heart of the character as the music presents his feelings. Now I'm going to present uh, a suite from Boarding School. I hope you find it exhilarating. The interesting thing about this score is that it almost looks at the hidden dangers of a boarding school through the music. I love how it borders on horror in many aspects of it. The last piece of music I'll play is from the movie Manchester, or not Manchester by the Sea, I just played that, uh, Mansfield Park. Uh, we will feel the music as Leslie takes us on this journey through Fanny Price's love and consequent misadventures in and around Mansfield Park. And it brings the classic Jane Austen novel to life. So I want to thank you all for listening to this excellent episode um, with Leslie Barber. She was a delight to have on the show. I want to thank Leslie Barber for being interviewed today. Also, I want to thank Jillian Orwall for the great intro that she's given me. You can find me on iTunes, on Twitter at RandallAndrews1, SoundtrackAlley.net, SoundtrackAlley.podbean.com, and you can email me at SoundtrackAlley at Yahoo.com. Thanks for listening, and it's just two more episodes before my 50th episode. So until next time, happy listening. Thank you for listening to Soundtrack Alley the podcast I hope you take some time to review me, my podcast on iTunes and also listen to it on Podbean and if you leave a review or rating on there it'll help us get noticed on iTunes thank you so much have a good day